If you are a guest in the house, thank you for, for wanting to spend just a little bit of your Easter Sunday here with us as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is what today is all about. It is about the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Saviour of the world, who was born of the Virgin Mary, who lived for about 33 years, who was crucified for the sin of the world and for the sickness and for the poverty and for the depression and for the oppression. But on the third day, he was raised from the dead. And today we're here to celebrate that fact. And um, you know what? I think the world needs some good news. Don't you think the world needs some good news there's a lot of upsetting news in the world today, a lot of stuff. If all you do is read the news, you're going to be very depressed. But you know what? God is a good God and the Bible says that God has got good plans for your life. And I want to encourage you today. Perhaps you've never been to a church like this. Perhaps you don't really know who Jesus Christ is or you've, you, you know, perhaps you've just seen him as a religious figure. Perhaps, you know, a statue on a, on a, on a, a shelf somewhere or, or, you know, a painting or trapped in a stained glass window or something. But you know what? Today we believe that Jesus Christ is alive and he is exactly who he says he is. And you're not here by mistake or by accident today. And, and so I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 28. We're just going to read six verses today. And it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, the two Marys came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and he sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothes as white as snow. And the guards, they shook with fear for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the ladies, he said, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek the Lord Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Let's all say that. He is risen. You know what? That was impossible. They said that was impossible. In fact, if you go on further down the story, they did everything they could to try to keep him dead. The soldiers were there, they guarded the tomb and when the stone was rolled back, they bribed the soldiers to say his body had been stolen. All sorts of things went on. Why? Because people were scared of what had just happened on the third day. But there was another group of people and they worshipped. There was another group of people and they rejoiced. Why? Because Jesus Christ did exactly what he said he was going to do. He'd already told them he was going to be raised from the dead. But this is a real challenge to our minds. Why? Because it's an impossibility. Today, I want to talk about facing the impossible. Facing the impossible. In fact, the whole of the service so far has been about God making things that are, that are impossible to become possible. Didn't you love that, that account of Mariam's arm earlier on? Great seeing you singing on the platform. With both arms. With both hands. I've heard, I've heard the whole account of that. They said it was impossible for her to ever get movement back in that arm. They said it was impossible for her to qualify as a doctor. 
They said it was impossible. And today is not just about one person's story, but I know there are countless people in Citygate Church and in the church world for whom we know that God is the God who makes all things possible. In fact, Jesus himself, Jesus said this. He said, all things are possible to he or she who believes. You see, even me saying that statement is going to create some reactions. Some people, no, I don't believe it. Other people, too good to be true. Other people, you're just off on one, aren't you, Pastor Jay? You're in fantasy land. All things are possible. What does that really mean, all things are possible? I don't know about you, but I like to watch a good film. And um, am I the only one who wants to be Iron Man? Am I the only one? I want to be Iron Man, man. I want to wear that suit. I don't want the heart thing and the, and the thing, but I want to do what he does. I don't know, perhaps you're not into that. Perhaps you're more into Facebook and you love to see all the best bits of everybody else's life. Can I say that's the only bit you're seeing? That's the only bit you're seeing. You know, perhaps you want to live in the fantasy land of Hollywood and Iron Man, or perhaps you want to live in the fantasy land of everybody else's life is awesome and mine sucks. I don't know. But today, I want to encourage you that Jesus himself said, all things are possible to those who believe. All things are possible. So what does that apply to, Pastor Jay? What is that about? Because, well, today we're talking about something that actually happened that they said was impossible. Jesus was raised from the dead. Three days earlier, he'd been hung on a cross Spikes in his hands and in his feet, sword in his side. His back was so whipped and scourged, the Bible describes it like a plowed field. Crown of thorns upon his head. Just the night before he was out there, he knew where he was heading. He knew because this is why he'd come to the earth. This is why God the Father had sent his only begotten son because he knew he was sending him to go to the cross to pay the price for the sin and the failure and the mess and the sickness and the poverty and the abuse and the depression and the oppression of mankind. God never created man to live an oppressed life. God never created man to live sick and broken down by calamity. In fact, the first time Jesus ever preached, he said, the power of the Holy Spirit is upon my life to open the eyes of the blind, to heal the broken hearted. Can we say it in today's, you know, sort of language? The stressed out, the hopeless, those who can't afford to pay the bills, those who've got so many family breakups and marriage breakups that it's so painful the abused in life, the hurt, the wounded. Jesus said, I've come to make that which they said is impossible to be possible. And how he did it is because he went to the cross and he paid the price for it. What an incredible seven days, those last seven days the Lord Jesus had. He went from arriving in Jerusalem being hailed as the Messiah. You know, traditionally the church calls it Palm Sunday when last Sunday when they're laying palms out and they were and they were sort of saying, here comes the king. Here comes the king and everybody, the multitudes, everybody was hailing him as the answer 
for mankind, the answer to all their problems. But just seven days later, five days later, he's hanging on a cross. The same people that said Messiah were shouting crucify him. Isn't it amazing how quickly things can turn around? Your life can just be going along in one, in one direction and all of a sudden, bam! Everything that had been so great was now so bad. Perhaps it's a doctor's report. Perhaps it's you find something out, something's happened in your marriage that you never expected. Perhaps you find something out about your kids that you just thought, my kids? Everything can be going one way. And within just a moment, a matter of time, everything can turn around. But our God is also the God of the turnaround. He's the God who can make even the impossible to become possible. What happens when we are faced with impossibilities? What happens when we're faced with impossibilities? See, there was all sorts of reactions from some of the people that encountered that. You know, the the elders, the religious people, they bribed the soldiers to say the body's been stolen away. They just didn't want to face the fact that this could possibly have happened. There was the soldiers, they froze in fear. What happens when you face an impossibility? When I face an impossibility, do we freeze with fear? Do we try to argue it that, oh, it hasn't happened. So, you know, somebody must have stolen the situation away. Well, there was the disciples that worshipped, but they were hiding in fear until he came and showed himself. And, but there was one guy, Thomas, who said, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. So many different reactions to that which is impossible being declared to have happened. See, even on the testimony that we've just heard today and about that arm, ah, it wasn't God, would have happened anyway. I would not want to live in this world without knowing that I serve a God of miracles. I would not want to live by chance. I would not want to live by, ah, yeah, well, yeah, let's just see what happens. I don't want to live gambling with my eternity. I don't want to live not knowing what God is or who he is or if he's real. What happens when we're faced with impossibilities? Do we get angry? Do we blame others? Do we point the finger? Do we play the victim? Do we think somebody else needs to sort it out? See, the greatest the greatest of victories in life come from the greatest challenges that we face. See, this today is Easter Sunday and we are, and we are celebrating the greatest event of all eternity. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, raised from the dead. You see, we've sung it today that the whole point of the Easter Sunday is that Jesus was raised from the dead. Death couldn't hold him down any longer. He defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave. And if we read our Bibles, we know that that also includes sickness and poverty and disease and mess. Does that mean to say life is perfect? No, it doesn't. But it does mean to say that our God is the God who can make those things that are impossible and turn them around to be possible. Turn your life around. And perhaps you've never been, you know and heard 
the good news of the gospel today. Well, the good news of the gospel is that for God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son to come into each and every heart and turn it around. To give people a new start. What about the impossibilities that we all face? I want to ask us the question, can Jesus really make a difference? Can he really make a difference? I mean, really? Really? Isn't Christianity just a crutch for weak people? Isn't it just for those people who have a, a religious thing going on? Well, it's very interesting in the Gospels, we're going through a series that's on, I don't know what it's on, Amazon Prime, I think, and it's called The Chosen, The Life of Jesus. If you haven't seen it, I'd encourage you to see it. Absolutely brilliant. So challenging. Everywhere he went, everywhere he went, people came to him and said, can you turn this situation around? And everywhere he went, he turned their situations around. Perhaps it was the lame man who'd never walked from birth and Jesus said rise up take up your bed and walk perhaps it was the man who had skin disease instantly made whole see if I serve a God I want to know that he's a God for whom all things are possible if he's God then he's got to have all the power if he's God, he's not just a religious figure on a window or on a, or on a shelf somewhere. He's got to be a God worth serving. He's got to be a God. And you know what? Perhaps you've never been introduced to the real Jesus. See, the real Jesus is a saviour. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's a redeemer. He's someone who'll give you a new start in life. Can Jesus really make a difference? Can he really make a difference? Well, I want to say this. If God has said it, then even the impossible becomes possible. If God has said it. See, we're not out there in some fantasy land. Hey, I want to fly. Is that possible? No, no probably not. <laughs> but what is possible is what Jesus said he would do. And you know what he said he'd do? He said he'd heal the brokenhearted. He said he'd open the eyes of the blind. He said he'd sort out your relationships. He said he'd provide for you. We find incredible, incredible accounts in the Bible. And, you know, we read earlier on, I loved all those real life accounts of what God has done and is doing in people's lives. Even somebody after the first service came up and said, you prayed for my husband the other week. And since you prayed, in fact, I think it was just last week, since you prayed for him, and he hasn't, it's another shoulder thing. Since you prayed for him, he's not been able to move his arm and now he's back to, back to normal. Now, isn't it, isn't it just amazing what God will do? Not just what he can do, but what he will do. Ah, oh, this is really dangerous preaching, Pastor Jay, because you're just trying to get people's hopes up. Well, the Bible tells me there are three major things. Faith which is having a conviction of what God has said that he's done, that I've got hold of it. Hope, which is expectation of good and love and compassion. And our God is love. He's not a mean, angry God. Faith, hope, and love. I want to build my faith up. 
I want to build my hope up and I certainly want to build my compassion up. You see, people are scared. Just like people in the Bible, you know, Thomas was cynical. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And yet there's something in the Word of God that, it, that sort of explains that it works opposite to that. We believe it when we see it. Jesus said, the impossible is possible to he or she who believes. I want to encourage you today to believe something more than you can just see with these physical eyes. See, Jesus was raised from the dead. That took faith. You know, disciples hiding away. In come the two women and say he's raised from the dead. They were so excited they ran to the tomb to see for themselves. But Thomas said, I'll believe it when I see it. I want to encourage you today that God is the God of the impossible. God is the God of the impossible. If he said it, he can change it. See, they said it was not possible for us to have kids. We got three boys. They said, who's the they? I don't know who the they is, but they said, they say it's not possible for someone to change. Leopard can't change its spots, you know. They say it's not possible to ever really be free from the abuse that you suffered as a child. You can never be free from that, they say. They say it's not possible for you to be a success in life. Look at you. They say it's not possible to ever have a happy marriage. Marriage is a failure now. Never possible. They say it's not possible for those kids to turn out all right. I didn't say for you to change your kids, for those ones you got to, <laughs> to turn out okay. They say it's not possible. They say it's not possible for you to live free from that addiction that has held you captive for many years. They say it's not possible for you to ever experience joy and laughter again. It's not going to happen. They say it's not possible for you to live free from that physical pain. You just got to put up with it. It's just your lot in life. They say it's not possible for you to start again after losing everything. They say it's not possible for you to recover from that mistake that you made. They say it's not possible for you to know the reality of God in your life as your heavenly Father. They say it's not possible for you to find peace in the middle of that storm. They say it's not possible for you to be forgiven after what you've done. They say it's not possible for you to know that you have eternal life. They say it's not possible for you to feel clean and washed and pure again and to live life without the guilt and shame that you wake up with every morning. They say it's not possible for you to have a new start in life. But I want to encourage you today. Jesus said, all things are possible to he or she who believes. All things are possible. See, on the cross that we, it seems odd to say we celebrate the cross, but we absolutely celebrate the cross because at the cross is where Jesus died for the sin and the sickness and the disease and the poverty 
of the world. About three o'clock in the afternoon, as he was hanging there on the cross, he said something so powerful. He said, it is finished. It's finished. You know what he was saying? He said, I've done it all. And I've done enough. I've done it all and I've done enough. He said it is finished. To the abuse and the sickness and the pain and the poverty and the rejection and the oppression. It is finished. It is finished to the hold that sin habits and sin mindsets have on your life. You see people think about Christianity. Oh, you go... Christianity is a killjoy. You can't this and you can't that and you can't this and you can't. God is not a killjoy. He wants you to live the best, most abundant life that you could ever live. But there's something in people that want to do stuff that'll kill them. (laughs) The Bible puts it one way. Sin kills Sin kills. Sin will destroy your marriage. Sin will destroy your life. Sin will destroy your finances. But thank God, the Bible says this, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. What did the death of Jesus accomplish? What did the life, Jesus being raised from the dead, what did that accomplish? It accomplished the offer of a life of freedom. The offer of a life of freedom from sin or sickness, poverty, abuse, depression. Go through the list again. See, a relationship with God will set you free. I want to ask you today, will you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? See, there's three things as we close this service today, as the band come up, the three things that we need to do or three things we need to believe, three things we need to act upon. And the first is this, that we come to God by faith. I've heard people say this. I've I've had the same question asked. If God's real, why doesn't he show himself to us? Well, (laughs) he did. 2,000 years ago, God made man. He became man. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, all God and all man came and lived among us. That song many years ago, what if God were one of us? Well, friend, he became one of us. It doesn't take long for a lie to expose, to show itself. It doesn't take long for something that you're trying to keep the story going and it will soon be shown up. You know, something, oh yeah, this happened, that happened. It doesn't take long and the truth will come out. Today, over a third of the world are still telling the story that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. 2,000 years. Why? Because it's the truth. And it's life-changing. To receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you've got to come to God by faith you see God has already come to us and and he's saying all who come to me I'm never going to cast you out never going to cast you out but you see we need to have an attitude of humility on the inside 
the second thing is this, that I need to admit that I need a saviour. October the 8th, 1984. Um, I had no interest in God, no interest in religion. In fact, I really hated the concept and the thought. And um, somebody on a platform a little bit like this put out the challenge. If God is real, you need to know. And I can remember praying a prayer like this, something like, God, if you're real, make yourself known to me. Make yourself real to me. I want to know that this is real. But then I had to admit that I needed a saviour and I prayed a prayer similar to this. I don't know if I said it out loud, but it was certainly my attitude. Lord, if you're real, will you take me as I am? Will you take me as I am? You see, religion wants to clean you up before you come to God, but Christianity, you come to God and God turns your life around. So different, so different. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to talk a certain way. You don't have to act a certain way. Jesus loves you just as you are. See, religion will want to put a straight jacket on you. But the Lord Jesus Christ will come and put life on the inside for you to live a life of freedom. And then the third thing that we need to do is we come to God by faith. God, will you be real to me? Admit I need a saviour. Jesus, will you take me as I am? But you actually need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and saviour. And today, this Easter Sunday, I'm making it very, very simple, really. See, somebody came to Jesus and said, how do I know that I'm going to go to heaven? Simple question. A lot of people will want to ask that question. And a lot of people would like to really bind that up. Oh, you need to be a good person. Well, what's good enough? I don't want to gamble with my future. Am I good enough or not good enough? <laughs> Other people say, oh, you've got to do this. You've got to dress like this and dress like that because then God will be happy with you because you've done the religious thing. Other people will say, you've got to pray a lot. You've got to pray a lot. You've got to go to church. You know what? The Lord Jesus himself said in answer to that question, he said this, one thing, you must be born again. He said that. He said that. It's been in the Bible for 2,000 years. You must be born again. We've been singing today. We sang it in the second, the second song. He's given me a new start. For me, I gave my life to Christ October the 8th, 1984. Well, perhaps today's your day. I know this room's full of Christians all the way through our three services today. We've got a lot of people here that have already given their life to Christ. But perhaps you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to do that right now. Let this be an Easter Sunday to remember. Let this be a day that we don't just remember that Jesus was raised from the dead, but it becomes a day when you've been raised from the dead on the inside. You see, we sang it earlier again. I love the songs we've been singing today. When he was raised from the dead, I was raised from the dead. That's when life impacts our life is when we receive the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me and he was raised from the dead in order to give me eternal life. Can I ask us all to stand to our feet here today? And I'm going to ask us to do something. We do this every Sunday, but 
I'm going to ask every eye to be closed, please, and every head to be bowed. Why do we do that? Not because that's the way to pray. We normally pray eyes open, hands raised, and quite loud and boisterous. But this is about a personal response now to Jesus Christ. And I don't want to embarrass anybody. And perhaps you've never been to church before and you're thinking, what have I walked into? Well, let's just spend a moment together, but individually in the presence of God right now. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to ask you to respond today to the, the sermon, to the testimony, to the songs we've been singing. We've been singing some very personal words. You've given me a new start. You've taken out the old and put in the new. Friend, today is that something that you can sing because right now with every eye closed and every head bowed I'm going to ask if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior ah but I believe in a God no but have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior yeah but I go to church but have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior yeah but I'm religious yeah but have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior they used to call him the teacher they called him the master very personal with every eye closed and every head bowed if you're here today and you know you need to come to God that you need to admit that you need a savior and that you need to open your heart and say Jesus will you do something with me will you come into my life I want a brand new start knowing you father as my heavenly father knowing Jesus Christ as Lord if you're here today perhaps you say well I've done that I am a Christian but you know what you're not really living the life in relationship with God and you know today's a day to come back to God if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior with every eye closed and every head bowed just lift your hand in this auditorium right now please thank you Lord Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful. Once I've seen your hands, you can put it down. That's great. God bless you. Come on, there's other people here today. Don't leave this place without receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come on, let this be an Easter day to remember. Wonderful. Let's all pray this prayer now, especially those that have responded. Let's say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You've demonstrated your love by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to give me life. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour, and my friend. Will you take me as I am? I receive eternal life. I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate, church, shall we? Wonderful, wonderful. Wow, for those that have responded, but other people as well. You know what? If you've got any questions after today, please come and have a chat with us. Some of the Connect team with the Red Lanyards. And we're going to close this service now. But um, thank you so much for being here. Have a tremendous Easter Sunday and Easter period. Enjoy the bank holiday off. Um, but come on, in everything that we do to enjoy the bunnies or the chocolate or the family or the whatever else, the egg hunts or just family time or just time off work, can I encourage us? to just turn our heart towards God this Easter and to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next Sunday.